Hi, and welcome to Eat My Words, a twice-monthly Arizona Highways podcast that celebrates Arizona's unique culinary culture. I'm your host, Kelly Vaughn. On this episode of Eat My Words, it's my pleasure to introduce Jackie Alpers, a food writer and photographer and the author of Taste of Tucson, Sonoran-style recipes inspired by the rich culture of Southern Arizona. Jackie, welcome. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So in the introduction to the book, you talk about being a Jewish girl from Ohio who finds herself at the Tiki Motel in Tucson at the age of 25. And it seems like that kind of jump-started, you know, your career in the world of food and food in Southern Arizona. What can you tell me about your story? Well, I went to art school in Columbus, Ohio. And uh, after I graduated, I decided that I really wanted to find a new place to live. And uh, I went on a cross country uh, road trip with a friend of mine. And yeah, we ended up at this little kind of dive hotel called the Contiki. Uh, And they had this little tiny pool uh, just in the middle of the parking lot. And uh, we got a couple, six packs of Coronas and some guacamole from this little Mexican food across the street. And as I sat in that pool, I just realized as I looked at the kind of at the blue, blue sky that kind of went on forever. It's one of the most wonderful things about Arizona that this is where I wanted to be. There was something about the quality of the light and the food and just the whole vibe of the whole thing that right then and there, I knew that this is where I was going to move to. Cool. And it changed my life. <laughs> Fantastic. And I mean, one of your earliest jobs in the industry was at El Charo, right? Which is a an institution really in Arizona and particularly in Tucson. What are some of the things that you learned early on from working there? Oh gosh, uh, the first thing that comes to mind is, is how much I learned about history, the history of not just Tucson, but of Sonoran food in Tucson and, and the sig- significance of that food to the community. Uh, Carlota Flores is always talking about the significance of holidays or the symbology of, of certain food items or the history of that, how that food item came to be. Um, and so that was incredibly uh, important to me because it really right away put Sonoran style Mexican food into its, into, into the correct context. You know, we obviously, I'm, I'm a native Arizonan. So I grew up with Mexican food and Sonoran style Mexican food. Um, you know, I have some family in the Midwest, I have family from elsewhere, and it's always a little bit of a shock to them to encounter, you know, the spices of Sonoran Mexican cuisine. Was there a learning curve for you as a Midwestern woman, you know, to come and start eating this food and experiencing these spices? Oh, yes. (laughs) I had never heard of any of it. In, in Ohio, we have like <laughs> chichis, which is like this like fast food Mexican food and like, I mean like tacos, like from a box, but that was pretty much it. I'd never heard of uh, 
Tapopo, that was a completely new word to me. I'd never heard of carne seca. I'd never heard of chiltepine, any, any of these things. It was all completely new. Um, and I was fascinated by, by all of it. One of the first things, and this is a word I always butcher, cabeza, cabeza, the head of the dog. <laughs> I want to say, because I don't know what I want to say. But I get it wrong. But that, that one of the first uh, experiences I had with really, truly unique Mexican food was the, the rest of the staff at El Chao took me out for tacos, like the different kinds of tacos I've ever seen before, like the cabeza de vaca and all kinds of like different kinds of meats that I'd never experienced before. And I was like, blown away. I mean, it's so cool to like have a completely new culinary kind of vocabulary start to come up. So then, you know, what, what inspired you to begin researching and writing then Taste of Tucson? Well, this is a book that I have wanted to write for years. Uh, I, I'm a food photographer first. I went, like I said, I went to art school. So my background is in, is in uh, illustrative photography. And I've been hired for years to photograph different restaurants for uh, local magazines like Tucson Guide and also for places like the, the Food Network. Uh, so they'd send me out and I'd photograph my favorite dishes. They let me kind of do cool stuff like that. Photograph my favorite dishes in Tucson. I did that for the Food Network for years. And uh, I would also get to write the little snippets. So I'd be like, I get to pick the food, my favorite dishes, photograph them, and then write about it. And as I was doing that, I was having these conversations with the chefs. And I was having conversations with people who were at the restaurants eating. And I was learning all kinds of interesting things that I wouldn't have learned otherwise. And from that, um, the book really started to kind of solidify in my mind what I wanted it to be. But it really wasn't until Tucson was designated the first uh, UNESCO city of gastronomy that there was a real interest in, in this kind of regional cuisine. People didn't even, in the rest of the country, the rest of the world, didn't really even know that Sonoran style Mexican cuisine was like a thing. You know, like everybody knows about uh, food in New Orleans or Tex-Mex or Calmex. I mean, there's all that stuff is like established, but nobody had ever heard of, hardly anyone had ever heard of Sonoran food. So there was no interest until that designation occurred. And then there started to be a buzz and so when I, I started to pitch the, the book after that, suddenly there was a lot of interest. Mm -hmm. And I was fortunate to get a fabulous uh, publisher, Jen Noonans, who uh, has a history of being with the William Sonoma cookbook franchise. And she moved and started her own, uh, her own book publishing company called West Margin Press and, and the rest is history. <laughs> Fantastic. You know, you're obviously so ingrained in Tucson's food culture. Um, how do you think that the landscape of Tucson and the natural resources of Tucson inform the city's gastronomy? Oh, that's such a good question. Um, one of the first things I noticed about Tucson that is completely different than anywhere in Ohio, pretty much anywhere in Ohio, is that 
nature is bigger than the town. I mean, like, it's like nature and the natural environment work much more as, as in, they coexist a lot more than they do in other parts of the country. So that natural world, I think, infiltrates our experience a lot. So not only are we, we can go outside and we can find, you know, cactus that we can eat or mesquite beans on the tree outside that we can eat, but we see that in relationship to the natural world. So it's not just like, oh, we have one tree in the middle of a concrete forest. We have a, a relationship between nature and um, the food that grows here naturally that doesn't grow anywhere else in the world. Um, that is truly unique. What do you see as being emerging trends in Tucson's culinary world or in the dining world in Tucson? Is there anything that really stands out for you? Well, I think Tucson is really coming into its own and I think it's still really solidifying itself. And what I love about it is that I'm seeing chefs who are starting to realize that they can, they can be a part of something truly unique. So I'm seeing a lot more of Sonoran style um, Mexican cuisine or just Sonoran style ingredients um, becoming part of, of new restaurants with new concepts. So for example, uh, there's this restaurant that's opening up like, it's not even open yet, uh, uh, Zio Pepe. I, I don't think it's that name, sorry, but it's just opening, but it's gonna be an Italian uh, Sonoran fusion. So they'll have wood fire pizzas, but they're using, they have like a, uh, they have like a, they had like a night where you got to pre-taste the food and they did a lasagna that was Sonoran with red enchilada sauce and mm. style cheeses. So I'm seeing a lot of that kind of thing, which is more of, of a confidence in, in that, in the ability to utilize ingredients in a way that's special and know that it's just like community that's grown into this kind of amazing special thing. And, and I think just that realization is the trend. You know, the, the, the realization that we as a community um, are building something amazing is the trend. <laughs> Does that make sense? Absolutely. And it's really cool. And, and I can presume that, you know, you've, you've eaten Sonoran Mexican cuisine in places other than Tucson, you know, maybe you've had it in Mexico or in Phoenix or even in Flagstaff, mm -hmm. you know, obviously there are going to be some base similarities, but how does Tucson Sonoran style Mexican cuisine stand out from the others? Oh, that is a good question. I think that they, um, well, I, well, first of all, I think that there's just a lot more of it. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's so there's like, uh, there's a, a place in, uh, in Scottsdale, the Ghost Ranch, which is Sonoran style too. And, and they are very legitimately Sonoran style and they would fit in into the Sonoran style cuisine of Tucson. But I think that it's such a movement and it's so in present to the, more so than like, um, like a lot of other cuisines that it, that in of itself makes it special. And I think they tend to incorporate a little bit, a lot more. I don't know why this is, maybe because it's, I don't know why, but there, I see a lot more fresh fruits and vegetables 
Uh, and maybe because Pivot Produce, this is a really amazing produce place, um, is really pushing um, uh, you, the, you unique fruits and vegetables that grow here uh, in a way that I don't see other people in other parts of the, uh, even in Phoenix doing. But, but there's a, a lot of really great, light, fresh, uh, vegan, you know, vegetarian, uh, big salads, like that kind of thing that I don't see other places. I want to get back to the book for a few minutes. Um, you know, you found your publisher, you pitched your idea. Talk me through your process after that, how long it took, you know, did you have any mishaps trying to create these recipes? Just talk me through all of that. Sure. Um, some of the recipes I I had been gathering for years. I have a blog that I started a long time ago, like 10 years ago, called Jackie's Happy Plate, where I start where I really just wanted to uh, make food that I wanted to photograph, basically, and uh, and play around with my own recipes. Uh, and so that I kind of had. Uh, I did know I wanted to include some recipes from local chefs. And so there was a process of deciding which of my recipes did I want to include, which recipes from local chefs did I want to include, and why? You know, like if I, it's like if I wanted a green salsa, there's a green salsa I just made yesterday from Panka. And I have to decide, do I want my green salsa or do I want somebody else's green salsa and whose green salsa do I want? <laughs> you know what I mean? Because there's a lot. And so I chose Panka because, well, everybody raves about that green salsa. Like everybody was raving about it. And then when I tried it, it was so bright and fresh and green. Like, and, um, and summer, it, it tasted like summer. And I was like, yeah, this is a special thing. This is the one. <laughs> like sometimes it's like that is the process. And then sometimes it's it's a matter of, well, okay, can somebody provide part of it? Like um, like uh, uh, at Boca, Taco, Maria, Mazon. She, she had uh, the sauce that she made for me because she specializes in these sauces. And she's like, you can do whatever you want with it. It was a poblano cream sauce. And I was like, well, I don't know what I want to do with it. <laughs> it was too much, it was too much. And so <laughs> that was also kind of cool because I was like, I could find a place for it, like, and then collaborate with her. So I ended up doing, I was like, okay, well, I want to do, I need a, I want a shrimp recipe. I want to do like a taco cup recipe, you know, like in a cabbage cup, as opposed to like on a tortilla. And so she's like, I don't care, whatever, because she's kind of cool. Like that. <laughs> and so I did the poblano cream sauce with shrimp and with and goat cheese in the little cabbage cups, because also because I, I knew that those, I did purple cabbage cups, I knew they were really pretty. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of how that recipe developed. And also, and it came out great. And I, and I passed it by and was like, okay, this is what I did. What do you think? She's like, sure. Um, so it was a matter of kind of fitting things into the right place, you know, and making sure that there's a wide variety of things and that people can learn things uh, 
based on those recipes, not just recipes that I like, but I, I really want to teach people something about the cuisine as, as we're doing this. Well, and speaking of teaching, you know, one of the things that really struck me when we were researching and writing Arizona Highway's recipe book several years ago, which is a compilation of recipes some, from some of the best restaurants that we've covered in the magazine over the years, I was worried that these chefs would be very hush-hush and very proprietary about their recipes, but I was overwhelmed by how generous they were in providing them to us. And it sounds like you had similar experiences. Totally, 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 totally. And I had the exact same thought. I thought everybody would want to hold their cards close to their chest, you know, but every, but every, there's, I can't, there's one person, I can't remember who it is now that I had to talk into it. And I real, and I, what I said to them was, it's not going to change the way that this dish is, is perceived. It's not like every other chef in town is going to go and start making that same thing. You're, you're famous for this thing. People want to be able to make it, try and make it on their own, but they're always going to be coming back to your restaurant. It's, it's almost like uh, an advertisement for your restaurant because it puts out little, you know, notion in their head and it reminds them, oh, I really love this hot dog or enchilada or whatever, and I'm going to try and make it, but it's never, I've never once seen it stop them from going and having it in, in, the, in person or picking it up from the restaurant. I know when I got the advanced copy of your book before it was published, um, one of the recipes that I tried was the stuffed poblanos that just knocked our socks off. <laughs> um, and, it, and it's gone into our regular rotation. My kids eat it. We love it. Um, is there something from the book that is in your regular rotation, you know, that you, that you eat over and over and over again? Yeah, a lot of those, a lot of the recipes are in the book because they're in my regular rotation. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's going in. Like, uh, it just kind of depends on my mood. It kind it changes kind of seasonally. I mean, I'm definitely always constantly making salsa and sauces and, you know, condiments. Uh, I, chicken and, uh, Chicken and rice, kind of one of my constants, I think, and uh, uh, red chili beef. I, uh, but when I'm kind of in a meat mood, um, lots of the salads, I, you know, I'm, gosh, it's, yes, there, I, there's, all, I don't know what's, I'm trying to think of, there's not much that's not <laughs> in my regular rotation. It, it really is a, a collection of, of my favorite recipes. Now, obviously the pandemic, was so hard on small businesses and particularly restaurants as they had to, you know, pivot and go to a takeout, you know, format or a delivery format and that sort of thing. Um, I know that I've been so inspired by how they adapted. You know, what's your take on how Tucson restaurants, particularly Mexican restaurants, adapted to the pandemic and what's your hope for them in this next year? I'm amazed by how well a lot of the restaurants have done. A, lot, a few restaurants have closed. I mean, I was really surprised to see Yano's close and Cafe Popacosa close, but maybe they're, they do seem to be moving on to other things. So it's not like a closed door. It's kind of a door to somewhere else. Um, but I am amazed by the support that Tucson chefs give each other and that the community gives to them. Uh, Travis Peters, who owns the parish, 
he started this campaign where he, it doesn't matter like how you spend it, just spend it locally. I think that's his little tagline. And, and he'll show pictures of himself picking up food from all kinds of restaurants and saying what his favorite thing is, very sweet. And, and, and that's really, I think that idea has caught on. Like everybody support your local restaurants, go pick up, you know, go, or, go and, and, and do pick up as much as you can. If you're gonna find eat Taco Bell if you wanna, you know, <laughs> every now and then, but also remember to support your local restaurants. And, and I think that they've been doing really well with that. Oh, I also really like that people are doing little stores in their restaurants. I think that's really cool. You know, like, like little bodegas where they can buy local uh, cool stuff. <laughs> awesome. Um, what's next for you? Are you working on other cookbook projects? What other big projects are you working on? Yeah, I've already started my started working on a, on a second one, a second because there's so much more to explore um, with that. Yeah, I, definitely more books, but I'm also still doing food photography for other people, which is which I love. And I love covering magazines and local restaurants. Uh, the, the Food Network gig, which I did for eight years, was fabulous, uh, and I love that kind of thing. So that's definitely continuing. I'm continuing to kind of support Tucson through my visual stuff <laughs> as much as I can, as well as with my writing. Great. And where can people find Taste of Tucson? Anywhere books are sold. Um, it's available on locally or on Amazon, whatever works best for you. Excellent. Jackie, thank you so, so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. Thanks again. This was a ton of fun. Great. Don't want to miss an episode? Make sure to subscribe. For more information about Taste of Tucson, visit JackieAlpers.com. And for more information about Arizona Highways, visit ArizonaHighways.com. Until next time, eat my words.